it's Wednesday, the 15th of February in the year of our Lord, 2023, and it's just gone half past 11 here in the UK. I'm double over the moon, my friend, Sid Cordell from the Christian People's Alliance has agreed to come back on the show again. I love my chats with Sid. We get really do get into things and uh, lots is happening within the church at the moment. So I thought the best person to discuss it with is my dear friend, Sid Cordell. Morning. Good morning, Lou. God bless you. And God bless you. My, my, my. We had the Super Bowl. Yes. And what a display that was. Um, a pure on satanic event. Uh, it looked like a satanic ritual being placed on stage. Uh, we've also had, what was it the Grammys where we've had a young lad, I think he started out on the X Factor, young innocent lad called Sam Smith is now being used by these Satanists to humiliate himself. His videos are absolutely, I couldn't watch it. Mm. You know, and I've got quite a seasoned stomach, some things, but it was an absolute, there are people, I'm not even going to say it. It's disgusting. And now the church are, um, I'm coming out with unbelievable nonsense. Cordell, explain. Okay, well, we're in a battle, aren't we? We're in a battle between good and evil. And it's interesting as, in, in a sense, maybe Satan is getting bolder. You see, it's, it's uh, for a long time, people would have said all these satanic things were just, um, oh, it's, it's far-fetched to even believe in Satan. But, you know, nowadays people are saying openly, yeah, I worship Satan. But, of course, that's actually what you've got in, um, in the whole New Age agenda which came from Alice Bailey, because Alice Bailey, with her um, 24 books that she wrote, she was writing in the 1920s, and her printing press was a Luciferian printing press. She didn't beat around the bush. You know, her agenda was to make homosexuality normal, was to destroy the parental authority over the children, uh, to promote abortion, all these things. And also it was to get the church to endorse the changes. So it was to infiltrate the church and get the church to um, to change views. And, you know, we've seen a massive advance in the whole New Age agenda, massive advance, taken on board by most of the, of the media. There's only certain media like Fox News and GB News and Daily Mail that don't t- take on this agenda. The vast majority of the media take it on. So, you know, the battle's been raging, and, um, you know, the church... Has has given in. That's the reality of it. So, did you saying about the mainstream meet? You know about the media giving in, but we've got this incident now with GB News and Mark Stein. Obviously, GB News are also owned by BlackRock. Uh, we've got Fox News being owned by. I wanted. To, I nearly said Maxwell there. Who's the other dude? Um, blah, 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 blah. Who's the guy who owns Fox News? The Australian. Um, um, Rupert Murdoch. Murdoch. That's Rupert it. Murdoch, yeah. um, these are all controlled opposition. There doesn't actually seem to be very much representation for the church within any media, I don't think, unless you're looking at the Christian News Network um, and websites. 
within the actual media itself, mainstream, there isn't any represent, representation really of, of, of Christian values um, at all, Sid. Yes, well, obviously, some are worse than others. And uh, we've been trying very hard to get onto GB News and we've just come against a complete block. Uh, they obviously don't want our values broadcast on GB News. But you see, one of the issues as well is the whole thing about the licence. You know, I mean, Ofcom uh, attack anybody that, for instance, opposes abortion. Um and attack anyone that opposes this whole LGBT agenda, you know, and and try and uh, remove their license. So they're trying. They're, and this is not just UK. This is international. So there's an international move to silence all opposition to the New Age liberal agenda. That's the reality of it. Yeah, I mean, when I was working at the UK column. Um, we got taken down by Atford, which is a port part, a, a form of at, um, Ofcom for being too television-like. So we ended up doing broadcasts from the, the, the kitchen. We sat in the car and did one. Uh, you know, we just, it, it's ridiculous. And the silence, and GB News, interestingly enough, will not have Kimberly on either. Lawrence Fox has been very good. He's had her on his Reclaim channel for YouTube. But GB News will not go near talking about what's going on with the children. But I just want to bring in, we've had some fantastic news for the children of Scotland. Mm. Um, Nicola Sturgeon has resigned. So for really? now, yes, wow. going. So this, because this links into the, the same sex marriages within the church as well, uh, because they were very much for it in Scotland. Um, obviously the agenda, the sex education agenda, um, has been like full throttle under Sturgeon. Mm. Um, so this, I mean, how on earth can the church, what is the response from church leaders regarding same-sex marriage? Because you said you must have, you must have called them out. You must have asked them where they think this is okay. Where in the Bible does this say it is? Because I'm pretty sure we were told at Sodom and Gomorrah that this is not, not acceptable. Yeah, totally. Um, well, what I what I like to do is to look at Jesus' teaching, because I think you know a Christian is a follower of Christ. Yes. And there's there's three places where Jesus addresses the issue. One is Matthew 19, where it's where Jesus they come to Jesus and say to him, "Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause?" Now. When Jesus answered that question, he didn't just talk about divorce. It's interesting, you know, there's a number of times in Scripture where Jesus asked a question but answers it in a very broad sense rather than a narrow sense. So Jesus actually says, in the beginning, God made male and female and said, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So he actually basically says only a man and a woman can be married, and God has made it in that way. That's what he says. Um, in Matthew 15, the, they come up and ask him about the disciples washing their hands. Now, it's interesting, you see, again, Jesus doesn't answer the narrow question of just washing your hands. He says, it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you, it's what comes out of your mouth that defiles you. Now, again, you see, he's basically saying eating pork doesn't matter, eating shellfish doesn't matter, all these things doesn't matter, because it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. 
He said, it's what comes out of your mouth. He said, for out of your mouth come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. Now, the Greek for fornication is porneia. The Greek meaning of porneia is all sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman. Jesus says, defiles you. And in Matthew 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, I've not come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've come to fulfill them. Now, the law says... A man should not lie with a man. As with a woman, it is an abomination. They should be put to death. Now, we don't put homosexuals to death because Jesus said he's fulfilled the law. By fulfilling the law, he fulfilled the law by taking the punishment of the law on himself so that anyone who repents is forgiven. That's what it says. And Jesus says that this message of repentance and forgiveness must be preached throughout the whole world. So the law still stands. Jesus hasn't abolished it. But he's fulfilled it by taking the punishment for those who repent. But for those who don't repent, the law is still there. They're still under the punishment of the law. And that, and that punishment of the law will be carried out at death. It won't be carried out before death, but it will be carried out at death. So we don't carry out the punishment. God does, because it says elsewhere, you know, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. You know, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. You know, do not, do not, you're not to punish people. That's leave that to me. I'll do it. So there is still punishment, but it's carried out by God, not by us. Does that make sense? So that's that's Absolutely. where in the scriptures in the teaching of Jesus we find what we're what you know what is taught about same-sex marriage. So have you have you ever spoken to any church leaders um, with regards to to this subject, Sid, on well, why they think this is OK? Where, you know, can they show you the evidence? Let's show let's show the people the evidence where the Bible says this is OK. You know, why are they going along with this? OK, so this is the whole point, you see. So where church leaders have come to is basically saying we know better than Jesus. This is why it is the height of arrogance, because that is what pride is in the Bible. Pride is thinking you know better than God. Yeah. So, for instance, I listened to Sarah Mullally, the Bishop of London, who is the chair of all this. She said in Parliament, in the National Prayer Breakfast, she was a guest speaker, and she says, Jesus doesn't tell me what to believe. So she's basically saying, I don't follow the teaching of Jesus. And I, I actually heard an archbishop on the radio as well. He was he was questioned, not this archbishop, it was a previous one, but he was questioned on the radio, what about what the Bible teaches about, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was now, but he was asked about what about what the Bible teaches. And his response was, well, that may be all right for them then, but we know better now. So basically what they're doing is completely dismissing the Bible and completely mis dismissing the teaching of Jesus. And they're saying what our society believes or what we believe is more important. So it's important to understand, you see, that what's happened is the church has departed from objective morality and taken on board subjective morality. Now, objective morality is the teaching of Jesus. Now, a Christian says, I follow what Jesus taught. Okay. Yeah. An atheist has got no moral standard. So there's nothing in atheism, for instance, that says you shan't kill or you shan't or you should tell the truth or that you shouldn't commit adultery. There's nothing in atheism that says any of those things. 
So the result of that, for instance, is that people like Stalin and Mao have killed millions of people, supposedly to better society. But there was nothing in their moral compass that says it's wrong to kill. So they killed. Now, you see, once you depart from objective morality, which is the teaching of Jesus, and take on board subjective morality, which is, well, I think I know better, then there's there's no limit to any of your moral beliefs, because that's why it's, it's pointless actually saying to the Bishop of London or the, the Archbishop of Canterbury or to any of them, ah, oh, but the Bible teaches because they think they know better than the Bible. They're not interested in what the Bible teaches. Wow, that's absolutely shocking, Sid. I mean, what I am noticing, and I don't know if you are as well, because obviously I've come, I wouldn't say the new agey, I wasn't like, whoa, but, you know, I was doing yoga and I was interested in plant medicine from the Amazon and journeys to my soul and, you know, and I, I don't regret one single thing. I really, I do not, because this is where it's led me. But what I am noticing just over the course of the last month or so is that many people from my circle, my old circle, who I'm still friends with, they're seeing it. They're quoting Jesus. Hmm. They are saying, if if people cannot see this by now, you know, this is, people are referencing the Bible that, you know, these new ages are all there. They're starting to reference bits of the Bible and it's like, hallelujah. And I had a very interesting chat with somebody the other day um, regarding the Christ consciousness and we are all one and everything else. And I'm like, nah, nah, you got it wrong. And then the conversation went on because it was a news show. The conversation went on to about the evil going on in the world and how these people worship Satan. So I said, but, Hang on a minute. You've just admitted that Satan is real, but you won't admit Jesus is. Like, what? I mean, I know Peter denied Christ. Mm. Was it Peter? Simon Peter um, denied Christ three times. Um, but the fact in this day and age that people will accept that there, there is that Satan ruling this earth, but they will not accept Jesus, Jesus Christ as a saviour. And I see it so much. I just, I mean, this is what woke me up, really. This is what how I found my path because of the darkness. Um, mm. And he is the light and the truth and the way. But the fact that this, you know, this they, they group, they're all good and they've all got beautiful hearts and I'm not no way criticising them. But they are accepting Satan and not Jesus. And that's what I'm struggling with. Yes. No, it's, it's interesting, you see, because obviously... You know, it's Satan is a liar and will say to people things like, oh, you know, but, you know, there's no evidence for, for Jesus existing, which is just total lies. The historical evidence for Jesus is absolutely overwhelming. Um, you know, we've not only got the Christian eyewitnesses, which were writing from very early on. I mean, it's believed that Mark was probably writing within 10 years of Jesus' death. Um, but, you know, we've got we've got record of Matthew, we've got the record of Luke, we've got the record of John, and John apparently was writing on behalf of the, uh, of the early apostles, again, probably very early. 
Um, but we've also got the testimony of Josephus, the Jewish historian who talks about Jesus' death. And we've got the testimony of Tacitus, the Roman historian. Josephus was born 36 AD. Tacitus was born about 52 AD. So, And Tacitus was writing history of the period which covered the whole of Jesus' life. So, you know, the fact that he actually refers to Pilate and refers to Jesus being crucified by Pilate, you know, as, as the Roman historian, you know, is obvious total proof that um, Jesus was a real historical figure. You know, so it's just impossible to believe he wasn't a real historical figure. So once you accept that he was a real historical figure, which, uh, frankly, anybody with intellectual integrity has to accept, You've then got to ask questions like, well, OK, who was he? Um, did he? Was he really somebody that went around doing all these miracles? Is he somebody that really rose from the dead? Well, you see, it's very interesting. You know, you've got things like um, somebody wrote a book, Who Moved the Stone, which was he started off as, as, an, as an agnostic. But then when he studied the evidence for Jesus raising, rising from the dead, he came to the conclusion overwhelmingly that, Jesus had to have risen from the dead because, I mean, even looking at the effect, for instance, that mm -hmm. it had on the early disciples. I mean, the early disciples were totally depressed after Jesus' crucifixion. But then just a few weeks later, they're speaking with such boldness and authority and uh, they're telling courts, you know, we cannot but speak of the things we've seen and heard. It's simply impossible for us to talk about them. You know, we've we've ex what we've experienced is just incredible. And people don't transform like that if it's just a lie. <laughs> you know, it's, you know it's, uh, so again, you see the, the overwhelmed, there's overwhelming evidence for Jesus' resurrection. So if you face these this reality, you then come to a conclusion, okay, Jesus was a real historical figure. Jesus really was really crucified. Jesus did really rise from the dead. Then, okay, well, I need to do something about these, this historical fact. You know, it, maybe Jesus is going to come again. <laughs> and if he's going to come again, then um, I need to be ready. And uh, then you come to a, you can easily come to a position just simply intellectually to realize, yeah, I need to give my life to Christ and live for him. You know, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, I just want to move on, Sid, to all these different denominations of the church, because I I don't understand. OK, so we've got all these different denominations just within the Christian community. So there's the Mormonisms. You've got. The, the Baptists, the uh, Methodists, the Evangelists. Uh, what are the other ones? I don't know. What What is the difference? Because I haven't found a church yet because all the churches near me are just your little Sunday churches. You know, they were organising vaccination runs, my little mm -hmm. church down the road. <laughs> you know, there's nowhere where I can go nearby to me without travelling 40 miles to go to a church to, 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 to understand the Bible. But then when I do go and try and find a church, it's, well, what, what one's the right one? Is it, are the Baptists the right? I mean, obviously I know the Mormons are dark and I want to touch on what Mormonism is in a moment. But just within like the Baptists, Methodists, and I can't think of all the other names, evangelists, etc. I don't know where I fit in. What, what? 
what's the right one? I don't believe I should fit into anything. I know in my heart that I follow Jesus. Yeah. I'm studying the Bible and I'm learning so much and I'm loving it. Um, where do I go? What do I do? You know, what, what, uh, where uh, do I start? Are you, are you still in the Southwest or have you moved to Hertfordshire? No, I'm still in the Southwest. Oh, okay. And my nearest, I mean, we've got Torquay. There are some churches there, but again, I, I, I wouldn't know. There's United Free Church and all of these, and they all look, I don't know, because yeah. I worked for the UK column for a long time, there were some very odd churches that weren't worshipping okay. God. Uh, uh, if you if, if you give me your uh, actual address, I'll try and find a church near you, which which makes sense. Um, but in terms of in terms of the, the 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 general situation you see all these churches were founded by wonderful people i mean wesley and whitfield founded the methodist church and they were wonderful people sold out for god i mean i used to live in sheffield and there's a plaque in sheffield there's there's a there's a square in sheffield called paradise square wow. and there's and there's uh a plaque in it which it says that John Wesley preached from here to the largest crowd that he had in any weekday meeting. Wow. And um, his stories, he used to come up, go around the country on his horse and um, just stop and preach. And they used to say that he used to tremble. And he said, and, and he said, I just, I just burn before the congregation and just allow God just to speak through me. So yeah, but so is there, is Methodist just because they decided that's what they were going to call themselves? There's no actual reasoning they don't, behind Methodist. Oh, that's right. Don't but, think anything different to to anyone else. It's just they call themselves Methodist. Is that yeah, right? Whether yeah, so where the exact name came from, I don't know. But it okay. was it was founded by wonderful people. But the problem okay. is modern day Methodism Methodism has gone completely off the rails and completely abandoned the teaching of their founders. So oh, really? modern-day Methodism has now not only taken on board same-sex marriage, they're also expelling from the church or or removing permission to teach from the church anybody that doesn't support same-sex marriage. So godly people are now all forced to leave the Methodist yes. church and, and, and are doing, unfortunately. Wow, that's, that's huge. There's, there's that's many, huge. Yeah, there's so many... What about the seven day Adventists? Because I know a lot of people who've been born again. Excuse me. Um, a lot of people who've been born again within like the truth community. Mm. And we, a lot of people, first of all, kind of get drawn towards seven day Adventists just because they are really sharing the message of the dark, you know, what is going on with our current leaders, the new world order, etc. Um, but I didn't like, I went to someone's baptism. This is before, before I was born again, I went to someone's baptism and I really didn't like what I saw in the church, the seven day Adventist church as an outsider. So, I, I don't know a lot about it. I mean, what, what seventh day Adventists do is observe Saturday instead of Sunday. Oh, right. Because That's they, the only difference, is it? Well, that's the primary difference, but they're obsessed by it. So it's like, you know, anybody that doesn't observe Saturday, as far as they're concerned, is not a Christian. Um, but, you know, it's it's not something, uh, frankly, I have a major problem with. Okay. But, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of good but people. That is quite right, isn't it? Because 
uh, Sunday should be the first day, shouldn't it? I mean, that is actually originally in the Bible, isn't it? The, the Sunday was the... I think Sunday was the what, what, what Jesus said was this, the Sabbath is... You're not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is made for you. In other words, it's there for your benefit. And I do believe it's to everyone's benefit to have a day's rest per week. And uh, But I don't think, you know, what day you have off is not, you know, is not... Um, particularly important by the way it's, it's quite interesting if you i was just reflecting the other day on the fact that actually god has made us that we have to rest so it's like everyone has to go to sleep at night you know you have to uh, have periods when you work and you have to have periods when you rest and you have to have periods when you sleep I mean, that's how God has made us. And it's quite interesting that we are made like that. But God also said that it's to our benefit to have one day a week when we rest. So w w when we don't work and you see, but for some people like church leaders, for instance, it can't be Sunday because Sunday is like a day when they have to work. And that, that is a day when they, you know, they're preaching, they're running the church. So most church leaders will have another day off. A lot of people have Monday as their day off. But, you know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you know, it's as I say, Jesus said, you know, it's it's not, you know, you're not made for the Sabbath. So, this, you know, that somehow that the Sabbath is the most important thing. It's just the principle that you need to rest is what what is what matters. But anyway, you see, in all these denominations, there's one thing that has become of of supreme importance so in the baptist it's like oh it's it's got to be adult baptism you know the church of england does sprinkling at birth so they so the baptist said oh no that's no good you've got to be adult baptized which i understand the principle but it's then you know he then exalts it to be the only thing that's important is being adult baptized when actually there's lots of other things the pentecostals of course which you didn't mention talk about you know, the importance of experiencing the um, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I mean, that's also something that's very important. And, uh, and most Pentecostal churches do operate on the right lines. And there's many different types of Pentecostal church, but they all tend to be preaching the truth of the Bible. And if you want to find any church that's that, that's likely to be on the right lines, then go to a Pentecostal church. And the evangelists. Well, evangelists. I, I follow quite a few evangelists saying that. Yeah, well, They're see. born again, aren't they? The more born again crowd, are they? Well, yeah, well, I presume so. But I mean, I don't really know much about that denomination as such. But you see, the thing is, in the Bible, it says God has made some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now, what tends to happen in a lot of churches, especially Church of England churches, I'm afraid, is that they have overemphasis on the pastoral. So everything, all, all, it's all about you know just loving people and and just loving everyone that comes to the church and just loving each other and caring for each other and not offending anyone. We don't want to offend anyone. And sometimes you see, but you see, the pastoral isn't the total of Christianity. So someone can come like a prophet. I mean, you know, God has given me prophetic gifting. So I, you know, sometimes someone like me can go into a church and say, thus says the Lord. The Lord is saying that he's not pleased with this or he's not pleased with that. And if you go into the wrong church, they'll say, look, I'm sorry, but you're upsetting people. Will you please leave? We're not interested. So 
you know. Wow, wow, really? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Many, many people with prophetic gifting get rejected by the church. That's why it's sometimes quite useful for prophets to come together. And, you know, it actually talks in the Bible about company of the prophets, you know, where they can, because also prophetic gifting can be misused. People can say, thus says the Lord, when the Lord isn't saying at all. So it actually says in scripture, you've got to test everything. So, but if you're in a company of prophets where everyone is testing what's being said, then that's a good place, you know, is a good secure place to be. But the Bible not say we must not test the Lord, though. Is yeah, but that, that, is that right? Did I just read? Am I? Or am I making? Yeah, but that? that's that's something different. So that's oh, fine. okay. That's fine. Sorry, I'm just. It's, I'm I'm a baby at this, Sid. So no, I'll explain that to you. So, for instance, in the in the scriptures in Mark, for instance, it says, "If you drink any deadly thing, it won't harm you." That's what it says. So sometimes Muslims come along and says, "Okay, I've got some poison here. Drink it." The Bible says it won't harm you. Now, that is putting the Lord to the test, because that is basically saying, oh, well, I don't need to drink it, but I'll just drink it to test whether it actually works or not. So that's what it says when it says you shan't put the Lord to your test. But what that verse means is if in some situation you're forced to drink something that's harmful, you know, if you're forced to drink it, then I will I will make sure that it does not harm you. You know, and um, that's that's a promise that God has given to us. But, um, you know, that doesn't mean that we go and put God to the test. You know, and it's um, it, it's that's that's what's wrong. But, um, yeah, but that's that's not the same as what I was talking about before. OK, sorry, I am going to ask silly questions because it's. No, I don't mind. It's with the, all this subject. So you've had you've been um, obviously you have. A political party. Yeah. Uh, you've recently just um, there's been a local elections recently. What area was that? Yeah, no, no, it wasn't a local. Well, it was a by election. So okay. we we had what happened was a councillor died in, in Hitchin. Okay. So because a councillor died in Hitchin, there's then a vacancy. So they fill the vacancy with a by election. Obviously, we know with parliamentary by elections, yeah. you know, MPs resign yeah, yeah, or MPs yeah. die. Yeah. But but you can also have council by election. We've got another council by election going on now in in Tottenham, in in North London. Okay. I don't know what caused that, but we've got a by election. The, the the main the main local elections take place in May. You know, which will have lots of elections. And how are you get how how is CPA doing? How how are you doing? Well, we're making progress, but not as fast as I'd like. I mean, our our vote increased by thirty percent in this latest by election, which was good. Um, yeah, but it's not as much as I would have liked it to increase by. I'd like just to have got a lot closer. By the way, all all the other parties went down in their vote. We were the only party to increase their vote. So, you know, that's it's good. Are you seeing a difference out there? Of you know, of more people, you know, seeing that there is evil and thinking, well, hang on a minute, maybe Jesus had a point. <laughs> Are you seeing well, any more people? We are, we are finding it sometimes. I mean, there was one lady that's, that said to me very definitely, I'm fed up with all this relationship and sex education in schools um, on the doorstep, although it wasn't a major subject that I was talking about. Um, but, you know, sh she brought it up and said, you know, this is something I'm fed up with. And um, well, That's good. That's fantastic that people, you know, people are actually aware of this subject because there's so much 
I don't know where the fathers are with regards to that, but that's the story for another day. But that's that's good news, Sid. That's well, it's it's what because I, I like to do a lot of door knocking in campaigns, and I could talk to people, and it's it's a lot more beneficial for us than just leafleting. You can reach more people leafleting, but if you knock on doors, then you can build the organisation because you keep, you know, finding supporters. And this last by-election, we found over 50 new supporters, you know, which, you know, we got the name and address, we got their email, we'll be in touch with them. And, you know, we've, we've got their email from now on, you know. it's uh, So obviously what's what you want to do, keep building the organisation and building your number of supporters. And and if, if people like that lady, you know, it's like, oh, I think what you're standing for is fantastic. We need people like you. You know, it's great, you know, and uh, yeah. One million percent. So what's going forward, Sid? Where's 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 CPA going? And uh, what have you had any prophetic? Where's where's the bloody country going? You know, <laughs> you know, we're hearing a lot of prophetic words coming out of uh, America from Robin Bullock, Amanda Grace, our dear friend on the show, Deborah Williams, mm-hmm. um, and they're all prophesizing, you know, over America, um, and that you know that is his land as well you know he's got he is going to look after us but where do we where does where does the uk fit in because really we are at the top of the satanic pyramid in this country um what can you see for us and we have just noticed prince charles uh i noticed the picture of prince charles today uh knighting i think some trans who turned up there i mean it's absolutely shocking the photograph of a black guy man woman i don't know what it was in high heels Standing in front of Charles, um, I don't think there's going to be a coronation, personally. I don't think it's going to get to that. But um, where can you see this country going, Sid? Because, as I say, we the, the, the satanic hold over this country within our banking systems and everything, where can you see it going, Sid? Well, there's a battle raging, as, as I said yeah. earlier. But uh, I think, fundamentally, Britain is a sheep nation. I mean, you know, it talks in the Bible about... God separating, you know, judging the nations and separating the sheep from the goats. And that is a judgment on the nations. Um, You know, you have to remember that uh, historically, Britain sent missionaries all over the world. There are many nations like Korea and Nigeria and, uh, and others who basically say it's because of Britain that we're now, that we now have so many Christians in our nation. And it's it's Britain that brought Christianity to our nation. Yeah. Um, but um, and sometimes you actually have people from those countries that come back to Britain and say, you know, Britain, where what's gone wrong? You know, because it has gone wrong because there is no there is no you know faith in God anymore. You know, you're frowned. We knew this would happen because it says in the Bible, you know, we'll be persecuted. But. You know, it's in the classrooms, it's gone out of schools. Did you know, when I was at school, if a teacher walked in the room, you always had to stood, stand up. Mm. You can't even do that anymore. There's no respect. There's no, And we always used to say the Lord's Prayer every morning in assembly. Yeah, well, every, this is... This is, this gone, is one, gone. Well, this is one thing about this whole trans pronoun thing. You know, it's just like... If a teacher calls a pupil by the wrong pronoun, then the teacher can loses its loses his job. So this is basically now pupils telling teachers what they have to say, and that is just so t- turned everything completely upside down. 
I mean, it's, it's, you know, the whole thing about, you know, a teacher gets sacked because they use the wrong pronoun on a pupil is just utter, utter nonsense, frankly. Yeah, we had that author, didn't we? He wanted to go into do a, a story reading on, on on Jesus and they wouldn't let him. But they, you know, the week before they had the drag queens in. Yes. I mean, yeah. what? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And well, I mean, that's that's that really highlights thing. I mean, you know, when, when we've had drag queens in libraries, you know, sometimes I've said, right, let's have a Jesus story in library. I've got a guy. That's, right, that's it. Well, that guy did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we ought to be doing. You know, rather than just saying no drag queens, which is like, you know, saying, oh, a bit of a spoil sport, you know, it's like, well, let's have Jesus stories in libraries. And, you know, end of the day, if a library, it, there's no reason why a library should turn down a Jesus story in the library, you know. Well, well anyway. we put out, we released a video, actually, and I do believe Catherine's going down to the local library in Quambran uh, to find out what's being read and what they've got in the library for eight-year-olds. Yes. Um, I'm not going to say it now on this show. I'm not going to I'm not going to say, but if anyone is interested to know what is it, what library books are being focused on for your eight year olds, please go to Liberty Tactics Rumble channel, Liberty Tactics, mm. and you will be able to see very graphic book of what they recommend reading. For, and it's 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 for eight year olds. It was in the eight year old section. That's all I'm going to say. It's absolutely horrific. Horrific, Sid. Yes, yeah, I know, and it's it's even four-year-olds they're saying oh, horrible, yes. horrible things to, and the, the thing is, of course, at that sort of age, you know, little children cannot have a concept that their teacher might be lying to them. You know, they just don't have that concept. They just presume an adult is telling them something, you know, or, or mummy's taking them to school. And, you know, teachers are supposed to teach on behalf of parents. And, you know, they believe that the teacher's telling them the truth. They they can't have a concept that, oh, hold on a minute, I don't believe what the teacher's telling me. I mean, interestingly enough, even at university, you know, most students think that university lecturers are telling them the truth. They don't huh. think. They don't think, oh, this university lecturer is just telling me a bunch of lies. And I'll just tell you a story, by the way, interesting, you know, about this, because, I mean, I went to, uh, I did two degrees. I did my first degree in biblical studies when I was sort of like 18 to 18 to 20. And then I did a second degree in law when I was um, 26 to 28. So, uh, you know, I was, I, I did it in two years and I was that little bit older. And when I was doing my second degree in law, because I was that little bit older, I had that knowledge and understanding. And I remember specifically in one lecture, it was a lecture in public law. The lecturer was basically saying that um, that the public really have no say over what government does at all. Everything is just decided by behind closed doors, by civil servants, etc., who... Uh, who, who decide what policy is and they, they just implement the policy and the public never have any say. And I sat there and said, um, well, I've been involved in a situation recently where they were trying to build a bypass um, by a shopping, you know, bypassing a, a whole area shopping centre where I was living. And um, there was a big objection against it. There was a there was a massive protest, and the bypass was never built. 
So it's not true that what the public think is never listened to. And he just basically said, well, if that's your opinion, then that's fair enough. But he said, you know, there may be some examples. And then he just carried on with his lecture. And it, But he, he was obviously a little bit flustered by me arguing with him. But it was interesting that even 18-year-olds wouldn't have had the courage to stand up in a lecture and say to a lecturer, wait a minute, what you're saying is incorrect. Yeah. But how much less four- and five-year-olds, you know? I mean, what we're going to be dealing with, with regards to mental health issues with children, I mean, they're encouraging, you know, pre-pubescent children to cut off their genitalia, have their breasts removed. Uh, I mean... It's, yes. We have got, and you know, and children are being taught in school that men can have children. Yeah, which is which is complete lies. No, I, I think- had an interesting to and fro on on Facebook the other day, uh, and I uh, somebody posted, I don't know, something about two men having babies. Uh, uh, you know, a man's just had baby, blah blah, blah. and uh, I put up a post. But um, if you tell people. Women have uteruses. Those same people are going to believe that there's a balloon, you know, about these balloons. No, the the UFO thing, that was it. Sorry. So if you believe that the same people who believe men have uteruses are the same people who believe we're going to be invaded by aliens. And then somebody came onto the post and they said, but a lot of men, a, a, a lot of a lot of men do have uteruses, though, nowadays. No, you'll find that's a woman, and I got banned for that. Oh dear, that's just ridiculous. Right, it's common sense. It's gone. The common sense. It's it's absolute clown world right now. Clown world. Yes. Yes. But I am seeing people turn to Christ. Our Catherine, who Come we on. co-host, she said she's come full round. She said, we are living in, she said, and she, and now she realises she doesn't need any scriptures or anything to know that Jesus is real. Yes, so right. hallelujah, you That's know, good. more and more, more and more people are seeing it. So really, yes, these times are hard, they're, they're bad, but people are turning to Christ. They really, I, I can see it. I can yes. see a revival, Sid. Well, ultimately, there is truth and there is lies. And, you know, this is, you know, this is what, to the left, like to talk about my truth. This is my truth. You know, it's like, but, you know, actually, my truth is is normally lies. There is the truth. Yeah, and yeah. the the truth is that everyone is born either male or female, and only a man and a woman will ever produce a child. A man and a man will never produce a child, and a woman and a woman will never produce a child. It's I mean, I think it's sometimes a bit like... A, yeah, can you believe we're actually having this conversation, Sid? This is what is so ridiculous, that we are yeah, sitting yeah. here having a conversation about men giving birth and two women being able to produce a baby. I mean, what? The hell? My it's grandparents like would be, t- you know, that just gobsmacked. They wouldn't believe it. Well, it's just, it's just, it, it is nonsense. Uh, one thing I would say, by the way, since we're talking about children earlier, I mean, there may be some parents listening to this program. I think what parents need to do is to keep the avenue of communication open with their children constantly. Yeah. So, 
I mean, I think more and more Christian parents are home educating and more and more trying to take them, maybe take them to Christian schools. And if that's the right avenue for you, then go down that avenue and home educate, because obviously that will keep, keep you away from it. But if you are sending your child to a state school, then make sure that the avenues communication is open with your children. So literally every day when the child comes back from school is, you know, what were you taught today, whatever, and, and you can ask your child, you know, were you taught anything about sex education? Were you taught anything about touching yourself? Yeah. You know, or literally keep that avenue of communication open so the child is able to come home and talk to mummy or daddy about what they were what they were taught in school today. And they need to know, a child especially today needs to know that they can go home and talk to mummy and daddy about what they were taught at school. Okay. Because... Because if they can't, then they're just going to be messed up. Yeah. If they can, then they can cope with it and deal with it because they can know that they can discuss it afterwards. They haven't got to dis- to defy the teacher or they haven't whatever, but they can come home and talk about it. Yeah. Sid, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Talk about hell. Is it a real thing? Are these people going to go in hell? I know that if they turn to Jesus, their sins will be forgiven. But talk to me about hell just very quickly. Okay, well, all we know is that Jesus said, you know, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but fear him who can destroy soul and body in hell. So, you know, Jesus talked about it, and for Jesus, hell is real. And the whole thing about the gospel, the gospel is the good news, and if you repent, then you know, you will go to heaven because you will be forgiven of your sin. This is the covenant. You know, when Jesus shared the communion, he gave the bread and the wine and said, the bread, this is this is in remembrance of my body. The blood is in, sorry, the wine is in remembrance of my blood, which is the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But the, the covenant is if you repent, you will be forgiven and you will go to heaven because of that covenant. Now, you know, for those who don't repent, there is judgment. And, you know, exactly what God does, you know, it's up to him. He is the judge. We're not the judge. You know, and if if people say to me, are you saying I'm going to go to hell? I always say to them, well, that's not my decision. That's God's decision. But all I know is that if you repent of your sin, you're guaranteed a place in heaven. And if you don't repent, you're not you know, and you can be liable of going to hell because some people will go to hell and, um, you know, who do evil things. That is the reality of it. And we can't get away from that. I mean, it's interesting, you know, the sound of heaven is holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. And that, you know, and people that are not holy and people that are not forgiven cannot go to heaven. That's the reality of it. And there is no evil in heaven. So people that do evil, you know, cannot go to heaven. That's the truth. Amen. Sid, thank you so much. What's next for you and the CPA? Is there anything uh, listeners can do? How will they get in touch with you? I'd like to end you, if you don't mind, reading maybe a a Bible verse or something from Scripture uh, before we close the show. But before we do that, uh, how can people look up what you guys are doing? And uh, if they want to get involved with CPA, they can do so. Okay, so um, to, to get to get involved with CPA, you just email info at 
cpaparty.net. If you can remember that, info at cpaparty.net. Send an email and say, I'm interested in being more involved with CPA. It will be useful if you could enclose your um, postcode and and well, I'll have the email anyway, but postcode and mobile number, that will be useful. If you want to be a candidate, we're always looking for candidates. So if you email that, that info at cpaparty.net and say, I'd like to be a candidate for the CPA, we'll be back in touch with you. We do candidate training on a regular basis. We'll train you up and what to do and give you help and support. We've got more and more people coming as agents who can who can help and support new candidates. Um, we're doing our best, you know, to, to do it. We we'll always need new candidates. We always need new people to stand. We're called to stand in the nation for the truth. That's what we're called to do. And um, we've had prophetic words that the nation will listen to the CPA. And so I believe it will happen. The time will come when the nation will be looking for the CPA to say, come on, you've got the truth. We need to know what you've got. It's not all about votes. It's uh, it's about standing for the truth. Absolutely. Amen, Sid. Amen. Would you mind reading a little bit of uh, a, a verse to finish us off or two? OK, well, mind if you've got your Bible nearby. I have got my Bible and um, open it up and see where it lands. No, I'm going to go to um, to John chapter 14 since this is what we've been talking about. Okay. So John chapter 14 is Jesus is with his disciples, um, having the Last Supper before he dies, and um, he says, "Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me." In my father's house, there's many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back. I'm going to take you to be with me, that you can go where I'm going. And you know the place I'm going to. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you know me, you know the Father. From now on, you've seen him and you know him. Come on. No. So um, that was a message of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. So there aren't many ways to get to heaven. You can't get to heaven through following other religions, I'm afraid. Exactly. And if you're on the path of truth... Within the truth, it will only lead one way eventually. That's right. It will only lead one way. And I was told that 12 years ago when I was still, you know, mm. yogaring and everything else that, you know, you're, if you're on this path to truth, the only way it goes is one way. And Come on. thank the Lord it did because, ah, yeah, yeah. It's all about it's it's all about God. I do believe he's making his move at the moment. Things are happening. Come on. You know, um, supernaturally, say there, there, there's just too much going on that mm. you cannot deny this isn't God's God's work going on. So, Sid Cordell, thank you so much. I have we haven't properly given the dates out, but you have agreed to come back onto our podcastathon for Public Child Protection Wales. Obviously, they lost the court case. Obviously, they're never going to stop fighting for the children, so they're going in for the well, appeal. The government landed them with a seventy thousand pound bill yeah. uh, in costs, yeah. so the government have the taxpayers' money, 
and public child protection have us. So we are going to, I'm not meaning us, Liberty Tactics, I mean us, the people. There's some incredible fundraisers going on for them. We're going to do it again because we do not think it's right for this bill to land on four people's shoulders when they are fighting for every single child here, you know, in, in the whole of Britain, not just Wales. The fact that we have it here, well, they've got it there now in Wales. They tried everything they could to stop it. Yeah. It was going to be too much trouble, but we've had it. Scotland's had it for a long time. We fell asleep here in the UK. The last fighting ground is down there with the dragons. Mm. So we are going to continue to support because when they win and they will do, I am in no doubt. I think maybe we lost the last case. So it gets more attention. It got to go to the highest court in the land. And that's where I think we will have our victory because the eyes, you, you, you'll have the eyes of the world on it. Okay. It doesn't get reported. We're standing outside the BBC center in Wales on the day of the court case, and they BBC offices looked over to the square where the court was, and nobody came out. And when the mums went over to the BBC to ask them to come and report on it, mothers and children and a couple of dads, the BBC called the police, and they turned up with riot vans, mounted police, all sorts. And some of the police were wearing uh, gay uh, pride flags on their lapel. So I think it will go to the high court. They will win, but they need our support. So that's all on publicchildprotectionwales.org. What's your website? CPA? This is www.cpaparty.net. Now, it's important. .net, yes. People get the right website because there's another one that's been hacked into. So it's .net, cpaparty.net. Fantastic. And Sid... You'll come back soon. Obviously, if anything huge happens biblically, I will be on the phone to you to come and give some commentary okay, uh, because I think we're living in some very, very exciting times right now. Mm. Yes. God bless you. Okay, God bless you, Lou. God bless you. We're not afraid Terrors all night It was a fly by day Ten thousand may fall